What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. This is Two Guys, Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. You sound so excited, Frank. Uh, you're listening to episode 77 of The Quick Cage. Uh, Frank, which Nick Cage movie are you going to tell us about tonight? So tonight we're going to talk about the 1989 Italian release, uh, Time to Kill. Um, this is not to be confused with the 90s movie starring Matthew McConaughey and Samuel L. Jackson. Um, there is no A in front of Time to Kill. It is just Time um, to Kill. Yes. So I'm not sure if the it's like Time to Kill, like I'm wasting time in between now and then, or Time to Kill is in... Previously, it was the Time to Not Kill, and now it is the Time to Kill. Mm. Like, things. The, the movie um, doesn't explain whether it's this? Well, not. either one of those things could be... When okay. I explain the plot, like, maybe you can suss out which one mm-hmm. it is, but I think that either one could be appropriate. Maybe it has, um, a double, maybe it has a double meaning. It also was never released in the United States. It was an Italian um, slash French slash something. Like, it was released in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might just be, like, a later odd translation. I don't know. It's probably not worth thinking about. Yeah, so it stars Nicolas Cage, obviously, and then a bunch of Italians. Mm-hmm. Um, the only two that have Wikipedia links are Ricky Cognazzi and Giancarlo Gianni. Yeah. Um, who, is, who, is also... a, who is appearing on a future episode of the Primary Podcast, I'm pretty sure, here soon, because I remember just looking this dude up in the past like couple weeks. So Nice. I'm sure it's a better performance than it is here. Oh, it's one of the 97 horror movies, yeah. <laughs> Um, also starring Patrice Flora Praxo as one of the major characters in the film, um, although she does not have a Wikipedia link. Uh, 110 minutes of awesome, so I guess if you're ready, we'll go ahead with the plot description. I'm always ready. All right. This is this is this is always your world, Frank. Yeah, is it really my world? <laughs> is it my world? Unfortunately for you, yeah, it is. So tell me about this movie. Uh, Come on. So the film is set in 1936 during the Italian occupation of Ethiopia. Um, I guess the Italians had invaded Ethiopia. I don't really know much about this part of Italian history. So, but obviously pre World War II, um, Cage plays um, Lieutenant Silvestri, who starts the film with a toothache and is being a whiny bitch about it, and basically pulls rank on his. Um, platoon or unit or whatever um and commandeers one of the unit's vehicles and has a guy drive him to um the nearest camp hospital this movie's told in a series of weird flashbacks so i'm just gonna tell it straight because it's not worth like the jumping back and forth in time and it really doesn't like help the film at all so anyway i i guess i guess we need to talk about it a little bit so on the way to this hospital cage is a complete asshole and causes the truck to wreck 
um, where Cage and the driver bail out of the vehicle. And then Cage proceeds to decide that he's going to walk to the nearest camp, which he does. Um, He goes to uh, this construction site, but there's no physician there. And one of the dudes at the construction site's like, hey, if you take this route, you'll get back to camp um, quicker. So Cage proceeds to walk through the jungle. Um, While walking through the jungle, he comes upon a um, young Ethiopian woman bathing in, like, a small pond. Um, So, of course, he rapes the woman. Oh, Um, oh dear. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But then, afterwards, she kind of likes it. So then they just start, like, hanging out together. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, because it's got, like, the great white dick just got given to her. Um. So they're hanging out, and then they have sex again a couple more times. And he gives her his watch, which he opines might be the equivalent of slipping a wedding band on your finger. Um, so nighttime falls, and they're sleeping, and he's awoken by a noise, which is a um, hyena that's, like, prowling around the edge of the camp they have set up. So Cage draws his pistol, um, and panics and starts like shooting all over the place at the hyena missing it completely but causing a bullet to ricochet and hit his ethiopian um i don't know like paramour uh killing her oh dear (laughs) what the fuck is this movie okay oh cage also gives her his shorts at one point um i mean a watch and shorts is more than cuomo did so yeah oh man too timely um, that plays into the story later. So Cage takes her body and hides it in a crevasse, as he describes it in the voiceover narration, um, because he's telling his friend this after getting his tooth pulled. Because basically, you see him come back to camp, and then he starts relating the story about what happened when he was gone. So he was gone for a long time. Um, so he hides her body, and then some other like Ethiopian people start coming around, so he runs away after taking his watch back so he can't be traced back to him. Um, so he gets his tooth pulled and he tells his friend, and his friend's like, well, we're not going to do anything about it because whatever, it's just some Ethiopian. Um, his friend is like his superior, like his captain or whatever. So the Ethiopians start killing a bunch of Italians and the Italians kill the Ethiopians in retribution. So Cage starts realizing that, hey, the reason that they're killing our people is because they know that she's missing and that we probably did it. Um, So he meets this young boy named Elias who's, like, wearing his trousers, which I guess is, like, shorts, which he found. Um, And the kid starts to give them back, but Cage's like, nah, you keep their shorts. Um, And then also this guy, Johannes, who's Elias' father, who's this... um, Uh, He's like a born-again Christian, I guess, basically. Um, So Cage is also married and pretending to be, like, super in love with his wife, even though he raped this Ethiopian woman and then proceeded to, like, hang out with her for, like, a day. Um, Kill her. And so he gets granted a furlough so he can go home and see his wife. But then while they're celebrating his furlough, he finds out that... um, when he met the girl, she was wearing a white turban, and somebody tells him that Ethiopians wearing white turbans is a sign for other Ethiopians that they have leprosy. 
So Cage okay. has this like wound on his hand, so he becomes convinced that um he has leprosy. Uh-huh. So he figures out that Elias is um the woman's brother and that Johannes is her father. Mm-hmm. Um and then he goes to find a doctor under the guise of like he's writing a book on like disease and starts asking questions about leprosy, and the doctor's like, Oh yeah. Here's all the signs of leprosy, which convinces Cage that that's what he has. And then he's like, hey, look at my hand, doctor. And the doctor's like, shit, you got leprosy. And then he's like, what's your name? And Cage gives him a false name and then shoots at him and like flees to get on what? the ship to go back to Italy. Hey, and did that make any sense? Um, no, why does he shoot at him? Like, what's the... Because he doesn't want the doctor to tell anybody that he met somebody with leprosy and to describe Cage because Cage is afraid if people find out he has leprosy. He'll get tied back to the death of the girl because, you know, no one's told on him yet because the kids are weird and telling him. So um, he's trying to make it back to the freighter to go back to Ethiopia, leave Ethiopia and go back to his wife and kid. Um, So while he's escaping, he finally seeks refuge at uh, Johannes's house. Um, So he suffers. That's brazen. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know. He suffered, well, Johannes doesn't know he's just being like a good Christian. All right. So he's suffering through all these maladies of leprosy. And while he thinks he's dying, he tells Johannes like, hey, um, I killed your daughter and this is how she really died. And Johannes was like, yeah, she wasn't really sick. Like you're imagining all this shit. Um, so then Cage takes Johannes to the burial site. And I guess that's like the whatever. So then it cuts to a scene where it like talks about the Italian occupation of Ethiopia a little bit. Um and that's pretty much it. Like that's the movie. Um Okay, what do you so you watched the movie. I I you watched the movie. I didn't real quick. So what do you take uh, away from this movie? Like what what is the what do you what what is this what is the meaning of, of all this? Is it just exploring the horrors of the Italian occupation, or well, nah, <laughs> not really. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's based on a book, and I didn't bother to look into the book. Um, I guess that it's like maybe just like when you rape and murder someone, you probably should just tell the truth about it because you're a friggin' co- colonialist and you're not going to get in trouble anyway. I don't know. Yeah, I. Um. Now, this movie is unintentionally hilarious at times. Okay. Um. Mostly because it's it's filmed in English, but I think was dubbed in Italian. So, the copy of this movie that's on YouTube, which is the only place this movie is available presently to watch, has some times where the English language track drops out and everyone's speaking Italian. So you can't tell what's going on, including the pivotal scene where Cage is basically confessing to Johannes. So he's like, yeah, no, I killed her. And it's like, oh, and then it goes back to Nick Cage just yelling again, which made me laugh really hard. Um, it was completely okay. unexpected. Um, I mean, the rape stuff is super uncomfortable, like, but I guess, like, par for the course for Italian cinema, where it's like, 
the idea i mean like conan is that too right like that you can like if you rape someone well enough that you'll convince them that it was okay like really that it was just them being reticent to have sex but once you convince them it's all right to have sex that they'll get over it and like be all into you yeah because that's essentially what happens i mean she like he gives her some soap and she's all but he tries to get naked with her and then she's like i'm gonna get out of the water but she doesn't speak english and then he gives her some soap and she's all excited and then he starts like caressing her arms and she's like pulling away from him and then he just like pushes her to the ground and does it but then afterwards like she rolls over and holds his hand like gently in the grass and then they start to like gaze lovingly at each other and i don't know it's just real uncomfortable and weird um you can tell that like it's odd that this is 89 for him really because like he had done some decent stuff and was about to do some like really like good stuff so maybe it was just he owed some other italian a favor or something or i don't know like i i I didn't really research it too much but i didn't see anything as to like why he took this role and i'm like you i'm not gonna like look up interviews to try and find out i'm gonna just make up my own stories in my head right um for being a movie set in africa which is usually like you know i mean like i'm a sucker for those kind of movies doesn't necessarily look like pretty or expansive or anything it just looked really like small and dirty it kind of feels like it was filmed in some like backyard in i don't know like rome or something basically Tuscany, i don't know uh, I was filmed in Zimbabwe. Never mind. Um, but they don't make it look very good. The whole uh, leprosy plotline is weird. Yeah, and like just kind of happens. And the thing is, is like his hand was cut before he met her, so I don't. Um, he's a complete asshole. Like throughout the entire movie, like there's no redeeming point to him he, and he only confesses at the end like when he thinks he's dying basically and then i guess it's it starts with that and then the relief of finding out that he's not dying like it just all gushes out but i don't i don't know man it was real bad it's probably i don't know if it's the worst nick cage movie i've watched but it's it's close like it was very um is very very depressing watching this movie, and it's almost two hours long. So he's sitting there watching this shit. I think it reinforces the idea, though, that he needs to have a good director to bring out a good performance in him. Yeah, and I'm wondering if maybe he didn't necessarily speak. Like I don't know if that director spoke English, even though the movie is directed in English. It appears. Yeah. Um. But definitely didn't get like any kind of real performance out of him. It's just terrible. It's funny because it he sort of reprises this role in a way in um Captain Corelli's mandolin. Um but as like a more mature, you know, character. Um and it's definitely a better performance than that movie. Even though he didn't rape anybody in Captain Corelli's mandolin. Um that's just here. So do you think it's so I was thinking, is it he's killing time like while he's raping the girl, and that's what leads to like his downfall because he was like trying to take this like path through the jungle to get back to his camp, or like because they kill all the Ethiopians out of revenge for the Ethiopians killing them out of revenge, 
like that's was time to kill at that point. But then later it was not time to kill anymore. It was time <laughs> to forgive. Um or not forgive, time to repent, maybe? Because we'd already gotten past the time to kill. I mean it, it was time to honestly, kill and then time to research a book fraudulently. <laughs> And then it was time to hide. And then it was time. To and time hide. to shoot at the doctor. Like I mean, it feels he's like not a, he's not a very good shot. I'm just going to tell you. Like it reinforces. Look, listening to like this movie that like look maybe I don't have the right context for it because I don't understand the history. But it feels like this podcast is a time to kill. Like like I'm just killing time. Like listening to this in a movie. And I'm killing my soul. All right, you got it worse. Don't get me wrong. Um, I can get some enjoyment out of the entire thing. Like, um, so the dude that wrote the book this is based on, Ennio Liano, um, was also a screenwriter and co-wrote La Strada, La Dolce Vita, and Eight and a Half. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, also, holy shit! Also, uh, La Note. Which I loved. Um, I Vitalini, which is awesome. Knights of Gabiria, which is awesome. Juliet of the Spirits, which is a great movie. Fuck. Like, this dude wrote, like, some really good stuff. Why are, why are all um, French and Italian writers, like, every type of writer? Like, this I guy's a screenwriter, playwright, novelist, journalist, and drama critic. You know? Yeah. Like. I mean, I think, um,. I think post post World War Two, when Italy was in Reconstruction, um, a lot of their artists were just like Renaissance men in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, like they all did multiple, um, fulfilled multiple roles. Like they were actors and screenwriters. You know, they did plays, and I think that was just like the part of the healing process in Italy. Maybe I mean was like having this burgeoning art. Yeah. So, in his bio on Wiki, it talks about this book, which I guess was called Miriam, A Time to Kill. Um, uh, it was translated as Miriam, A Time to Kill and The Shortcut in two different translations. Um, yeah, the, French, the, the French one is The Shortcut, I think. But it says that the barren landscape um, around the protagonist hints at an interior emptiness and meaningless um, and says it's one of the few Italian literary works dealing with the misdeeds of Italian colonialism in Eastern Africa. So it sounds to me like the intent, at least of the novel, if I can trust Wikipedia, um, is that um, this was like, you know, uh, anti like, you know, this, this colonial uh, time period. Um, But you tell him about that movie, like, I see the horror of the story, but um, now I still don't get it. I don't know what there is to get. Right. I mean, like, right. it would have been... If you would have changed a few things, I think it would have maybe had that effect. But, like, the fact that she just, like, is all about it, I mean, he doesn't murder her to keep her quiet, which would be a thing that would show, like, the horror of colonialism. Right. He's just a really bad shot and an idiot. Mm-hmm. 
and his tooth hurts, so he can't like focus. I mean, that's the whole thing. Is like, right? He's he's risking like the safety of his platoon because he has a toothache, right? And they're like, hey, the doctor will be here in two days, and he's like, nah, dude, I can't wait two days. Bounce, and then ends up like murdering this woman and getting a whole bunch of other people murdered. Right. I don't, I don't know, think man. I've seen anything else that this guy that directed it directed. Uh, usually, if it's anything notable that we know well over here, it's usually like the um, translation is put next to the uh, the title of the film. Um, it seems like he does a lot of like biogra- documentary work or like things that are like uh, biographical, like like biographical fiction and stuff like that. Uh, here's one that's a crime drama. Uh, you know, I've actually seen something that he's done. Yeah. He directed the um, Marco Polo miniseries by NBC, and it was something I watched with my parents as a kid. Hmm. And do you remember those um, Do you remember those full-color picture books that they used to put out where it was like almost like a, ch- a children's novelization of a movie? Like they were doing for Star Wars and whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Oversized hardback book. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It yep. had like glossy images on oh, it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know it's for whatever, whatever godforsaken reason, I had the Marco Polo version of that. So mm-hmm. listen to this cast. Denholm Elliott, Anne Bancroft, John Gilgood, Burt Lancaster, Ian McShane, and Leonard Nimoy. And Marco Polo? Yeah. Hmm. F. Murray Abraham. John Houseman, Tony LoBianco, yeah. David David Warner. Holy shit! Hmm. We almost have to watch this for the fucking podcast. Why? So he can up his fucking appearances. Yeah, man. It's it's only five hundred. Trying to, to beat out Hackman. Um, he did do a movie in '87 called Control. Um, or Mind Control, depending on where it was released. It stars uh Burt Lancaster and Ben Gazzara. Um. Story takes place during an experiment concerning psychological effects of mental fatigue on those locked in a fallout shelter for a long period of time. Twelve subjects are locked in a nuclear fallout shelter to see how long they can endure before a mental breakdown. After the experiment, Dr. Uh, Herbert Monroe, which is Lancaster, tells the world about his terrifying experiment and its outcome. HBO apparently released it. Yeah, I'm reading about it right now. I don't remember that movie. 107 minutes, man. (laughs) It's right up your alley. It's a little long. It's a little long, Frank. Yeah, about 10 minutes too long. 87 for a movie like that. Credits are about four minutes. So, I mean, 97 minutes would be about right. I mean, it's 93 actual movie. I don't know, man. What's the fucking score on this movie in the the cage uh, performance? I mean, the cage performance is like three. Yeah. Like, it's it's all the worst excesses of... And no, no, no. It's just bad. It's completely uncontrolled and uninteresting. And it's not even, like, crazy enough to be interesting in that respect. And it's not, like, focused enough to be good. So, yeah. I mean, it's not the worst thing he's ever done. But it's um definitely far from... You know, from the grace of God. So, 
Uh, the movie's a, like on the way two. It, it's it or one. I don't. It's fucking terrible. I'm trying to think if it's better than like Grand Isle or um Vengeance, a love story. Or it's in that know, tier, though. Story. It's in that tier. I think. I think that's like ultimately. Like I remember early on when we were still in the early episodes when we were still like doing these in person. Um. The quick cages. Um, I think that's what I wanted you to do was like eventually tear them. Um, at some point, like S tier to F tier. Oh, well, I mean, however you want to, however you want to tear them, but like, um, but yeah, like kind of like the the upper echelon of like cage movies, you know, like yeah, basically like a like a three tier or five tier system or something like that. I mean. <clears throat> So this is this is lower. This is probably the bottom tier. This might be the worst though, because like at least shit like Grand Isle and Vengeance. I don't know, man. Those movies are so bad. I don't know. It's like like this is like my my tired analogy, but like what's the best kind of poop? You know what I mean? Like You'd rather have like solid poop than diarrhea, but you're still taking a shit, you know, like and ultimately it's just all like fucking waste. Hmm. I mean Yeah, sure. No, I've heard that um I don't know if the if the listeners have heard that analogy that much, but um maybe a couple times if they're really paying attention, but um yeah, I've heard that for 20 years now. Um, when you get something that works, it's hard to give it up. You know what I mean? So, Right. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm glad it's over with. I don't have to watch it anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's another it's another one bites the dust, right? Um, right. And I already know what my movie for the next week's going to be. Hmm. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm um, going to make you watch it on Saturday. What? Yeah, I I don't know what. Oh, now there's some kind of fucking scheme. I mean, it's not a scheme. Ryan and I are just gonna watch this movie at the same time because he says it sounds funny, and I gotta get it out of the way anyway. So if I'm talking to you guys while I'm watching it, it won't seem like too bad of like a two hour and twenty minute. Is it free? Long. Yeah, it's free. Okay. It's free yeah. for everyone. Okay. He has some kind of okay. I didn't know if he had some kind of VHS that he found in the flea market or something. No, I um, think this movie existed after the advent of VHS. Yeah, or I think the downfall of VHS or whatever you want to say. Hmm. That narrows it down, I guess. Um, I can tell you what it is. I mean, I'll yeah, tell you the yeah, podcast. That's fine. All right. Um, what else? Yeah. Doing, right. Yeah. Um. I've really been kind of down ever since the Batman podcast this week. <laughs> the, like, the, like the four, the two hour, 50 minute uh, Batman Dark Knight yeah, podcast. Like I, think, I, I think it like triggered something in me where I'm just like, I just can't, I, I just can't enjoy life. I'll tell you what, man, for those that um, have not listened to that or, um, I know Easter has, um, and I told I, I predicted that on the podcast, but um, all the way through. Um, just be warned, 
Like, it is basically three hours of tearing apart and criticizing um, that Dark Knight, those Dark Knight movies. Um, just, so just be warned. I try to, like, kind of warn people on Facebook a little bit. Um, uh, yeah. And, and some a lot of that shit I just can't even argue with. But I, I, I try to defend it at times. Because I like those movies better than each each of you, I think. I mean, I like them better than each other in different capacities. <laughs> Is that just saying you can rank them? In... Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, so they can all be S tier, um, but you can rank them. No, 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 no. No, no, no. They're not oh, all S tier. No. I'm just saying your comment, like, right? I understand fat, but I'm just saying like that's how your comment can be taken, bro. Despite despite my arguments against it, I would call Batman Begins a B tier movie, and I think that the Dark Knight is maybe like a B minus or C tier. It's just the fucking clusterfuck train wreck of the goddamn Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I mean, everybody has to understand that, that was like it's in the context of how overrated it is more than anything. Um, was largely like why we were even doing that. Um, because this week we were doing the top five overrated sequels um, on the primary podcast, and that's going to probably upset some people too. Um, just remember, it's good to hear like other people's opinions on things. I um I've been trying like so I've been watching those movies this week and I've been really trying to put myself in the right mindset to like discuss them in a way that's not like just abject shitting on them as films and just discuss why I feel like they're overrated. How successful are you are you in that so far? Uh this is my second beer tonight and we just talked about one of the shittiest movies I've watched in years, so I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I'm I'm on my second drink as well right now. Um, and um, I didn't eat because um, there was this bread that was left over. Um, it was a pesto uh, pull apart, and uh, it was coming up on its end date. And like I was like, oh, I'm gonna eat some of this bread this evening um, before it goes bad. And then I um, pulled it out, and it's just like covered in mold. So. I just, no, I, I just didn't eat, so it's fine. So yeah, so um, I have no sympathy for those movies at all um, that are coming up this Sunday. Um, not one. Um, I dislike all of them to varying degrees. I can rank them. <laughs> um. But I am excited about the 97 um, horror episode in a couple weeks. A um, few weeks. Um, there's some good movies on there. You don't even know what's on that list, do you? 97 horror? Uh-huh. Cube? Cure? Ah, what are you doing? Oh, I thought you were asking me to name them. No! <laughs> I was just saying, there's some good movies on there. Like, oh, I think, and then I accused you, and then you were just silent. I just accused you of um, not knowing what was on it. No, no, no. I was just thinking. Um, I was actually just thinking about the overrated list. Still, 
Mm. Yeah. Because I, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> well, that's the last time. Look, we got some really good stuff coming up. Um, I'm really excited about the Elmore Leonard adaptations in September. Um, next top five crime films in the 70s, September. Um, there's some good movies in the 98 horrors list that I'm excited to either watch for the first time or rewatch. Um, um, and then November, um, we're going to have our first ever episode where it's like, you don't pick a top five. Um, that's interesting. Like, and I don't, and I don't pick a top five, like neither of us pick a top five. Um, so that, that's going to be interesting. Um, and then, um. And then we have the what seventy one, eighty one, ninety one, two thousand and one list. Like come yeah. up at the end of the year. Like those are always really great. Like <coughs> there's good stuff coming up. It's true. It's just a dark. Time just just not on the quick cage at all. <laughs> so we have good stuff to look forward to on the primary podcast. The quick cage. Gone downhill quick. There no. might be one or two more like positive episodes. I honestly thought that this might be a diamond in the rough. Yeah, because you never know. I mean, fucking rape in Ethiopia, right, dude? And it happens so early on, and it's like just sets the tone. Yeah, I don't know, man. Nah, I that was pretty shocking. I, I that was the most intense I had listened to a damn summary in a while because well, i really wanted to understand it, it you know right. and then i don't know like i can't take fucking rape apologists like shit anymore in movies i i can't take like yeah yeah it, it right right the fact of uh, yeah it has i mean yeah, I mean, because we, the the more that we've lived, I mean, like, living through, like, that, like, specific movement a few years ago of Me Too, and having all those horror stories come out, and knowing that that's still just the tip of the iceberg of what actually goes on, and seeing shit that still cons- consistently comes out, including, yes, like, you know, in the past couple of days about, like, Governor Cuomo... Like, like, it's just fucking disgusting. And it's like, that shit play, plays into all of it. Um, so, yeah, it's fucking terrifying to watch. Um, yeah. Terrifying. Like, it, it's just sickening. Like, um, so, yeah. I, I, yeah. Like, as soon as you said that, I was just, yeah, I was just disgusted with the movie. Um. I was interested to see if there was any kind of like meaning to the movie, like, you know, that would like condemn this character, but, um, doesn't really seem like that's the case. I don't feel like it was a condemnation. I mean, like, it doesn't sound like it. I mean, I don't think you're supposed to like them or anything, but it's sure. Like, it's like, Hey, let me tell you how I like rage and killed your daughter. And that's the good guy thing to do. Like it, it, whatever. I, I, I don't get it. I didn't watch it, but I don't get it. Hey, you're welcome to it. It's free on uh, YouTube. Yeah. You'd no, have to see 
commercials, though. I'm, 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 yes, I would. Yes. God, I've really been thinking about it. Although it's like every time I think about like just like just biting the bullet and spending the money, it's like I think like there's times where it's like I like the commercials. Like, cause I, there's some things that like so show up sometimes. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, that's really interesting. Like, I didn't know that existed or something like that. So, cause I don't see commercials like hardly ever except for Tubi. Like, yeah. Um, never see commercials. Um, so, since this won't make the, um, I don't know. I don't know if this movie will ever make the top 10, but watched um, Green Knight this past weekend. Mm. So I feel like I got to watch it again. Right. <clears throat> what is your, um, what's your like 70% review? I think you give me a lot of credit with 70. It's probably more like 60. Uh, full disclosure. You, you, um, you, you claimed it was um, uh, 90 the first time until other people like started like lessening that and so I'm glad to hear that you, you dropped down to that level. You claim you fell asleep for like twenty minutes or something. Yeah, time. it probably was a total of twenty full minutes. Um the problem is that okay, so I haven't been in a movie theater before last Saturday in what did we figure out? Something ridiculous. Like twenty some months maybe. 20 months? I don't know. Since Star Wars in 2019, right? When we saw Rise of the Skywalker, that was the last movie I think I saw in the theater. Um, so it's been it's been a minute since I've seen anything. And so you get in there, and I was super awake like going into that movie. I felt good. I had coffee. Sat down and reclined that seat. Got through the trailer package, like super excited. Five minutes into the movie, you get the friggin' um, Excalibur moaning music like the type shit mm. with like these really dark interiors because it's all natural light except for the stuff where they're trying to be like I don't know like super artsy and a weird like pseudo old English but still in like mod I don't know like a weird combination of old English and modern English and like man it just hit me and I, I don't know I was off and on and then there's long periods of time where, like, not on an entirely large amount is happening. But, like, some of the cinematography in that movie is amazing. There's scenes that, like, that dude, David Lowry, whatever his name is, like, really knows how to film shit. Like, he, he captures some amazing images. And he's really, like, daring with his camera work and stuff. And he holds... He holds shots for a long time, but while still moving the camera, if that makes sense, like slowly. Mm-hmm. So it's like really impactful. Like when you're watching like a scene unfold continuously, like over the course of like, I don't know, like a mile of like scenery. But then I don't know. It's super pretentious. And it's one of those things where like, I think if you don't fully understand like the context of the Green Knight, and like that legend that I don't know that you'll ever understand what's happening in the movie because they don't particularly explain it to the point where both um, I saw it with uh, friends of the podcast, um, Jason Easter and uh, Orion Wellmaker. And like, go, I don't go, think... go, go fuck yourself. <laughs> what? I heard that mocking tone, like because that's what I mocking? say. There it's, was, it's, yeah, it's all, it's all love. Uh huh. 
I'm just trying to, you know, provide context. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I lost my train of thought. You saw, you saw, you saw Jason Easter and Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't friends, think friends of the podcast. Right, I don't think any either of them like necessarily understood like entirely what was going on. So um, I, he's just but, he's just gonna send like a fucking five page text tomorrow now, like to like tell us like exactly what happened in that movie. Oh, right, he completely understood it. And, right, yeah. Sorry, Easter. If you understood it, I apologize. I didn't mean to defame you. Um. But it's one of those things where, like, I really feel like I need to see it again. So, I wouldn't say that, like, I wouldn't recommend it. And I wouldn't say that it was bad or unenjoyable. I just think it was the wrong circumstance for me to see it. But then I also think that if it was more interesting, I would have just been awake the whole time. So, I don't know. My son liked it a lot. He thought it was really good. Yeah. And he's got pretty good taste, so. Well, right. some. What was uh, let me let me ask you honest. Now I know we used to go like a lot of times to the movies, and we would like you know go to the bar beforehand and get lunch and have you know two to you know five uh, drinks. Uh, um, right. And um, but when was the last time you didn't fall asleep in a movie theater? Uh, I stayed awake through Hereditary all the way. I stayed awake through. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going back that far, huh? Well, I'm trying to think of movies I was super interested in. Blade Runner 2046, I was awake through. That's still and that was long shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it's good pacing, though, in Blade Runner 2046. Yeah. Yeah. That's a... Like I said, like that's a long-ass movie, and I only took one break and, and continued watching it when, when I watched that. So, Which is something know, I mean, for like... me. I'm just so tired all the time. Like, I could fall asleep in the middle of life. I, I, I just don't think that movie theater is, like, any more conducive to your watching experience. Like, I think it's, like, the darkness and all that kind of stuff. Like, um, Here's the funny thing. I can lay in my bed on, like, a Saturday morning, mm-hmm. like, completely reclined and comfortable against my pillows mm-hmm. and be wide awake through an entire movie. On or, your like, phone? No, no, no. Just watch it. On no, no, my television. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. I forget you have a TV in your yeah. Okay, right. It's you know I'm I'm a modern man. I have televisions. Well, because you always talk about watching shit on your phone, like for so many years, like yeah, like I mean, in bed, was, like and well, be, a lot of times it was because I didn't want to like make a whole lot of noise, or like I would watch shit on my phone while Frankie was playing something on like you know, like playing something on TV, and I would just watch stuff like separately. Because it was easier than trying to like take the TV back, and I was trying to be a gentleman. But no, I watch stuff on like I just watch it on TV now. That's where I have um, uh, my Fire Stick or whatever set up is in there. Gotcha. So, like, whenever I watch something on Shutter, it's uh, like ninety-five percent of the time I watch it in my room or HBO Max because it fucks up less than it does on my PS4. Your um your prediction is that I will not like the Green Knight, right? When I see it eventually. No, I I don't see how you would. Okay, it's not your kind. I th- of I, I I mean I think it's really interesting, like that you talked about how like you almost like need to know something about that story because uh, I remember I told you like um 
I saw a YouTube ad because I don't pay for, um, you know, YouTube premium or whatever. Um, and it was like a two hour or two minute and like 40 second ad that like went through like the entire history of um, the Green Knight and everything. And I was like, this is a weird fucking ad. Like, I watched the entire thing because I think the movie, like, you know, like the cinematography and, you know, like, mise-en-scene and all that kind of stuff looks fucking amazing in it. But, um, and so I watched, like, the entire thing, but I was like, that's really fucking weird to do that. It makes perfect sense now that you said you have to, like, know something about that story. So I guess they, like, um, because I used to see Green Knight ads, you know, pretty much all through COVID since they got delayed so many times, um, uh, here and there, but it's usually just, like, the trailer or something like that. And, um, I was like, this is a really weird turn suddenly, but it's like, somebody must have realized, like, oh, like, maybe we need to, like, try to, like, make ads to, like, explain what the story is so they don't tell you the story. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's an A24 movie, so it's, it's got its own, like, quirkiness anyway. Right. Um, I don't know that they do a good enough job of the, I mean, like, the setup, the, the premise is pretty basic. But then there's things that happen along the way that they don't necessarily explain to you, like, specifically what is happening or specifically why it's happening. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, I get it because I recognize, you know, like, I know the story. But especially the end of that movie, like, the last, the penultimate 20 minutes does one thing and then the ultimate whatever like five minutes goes a different direction i guess mm-hmm. it's hard to explain so it's like and so this isn't really a spoiler because this is within the first like 10 seconds of the movie it starts with this voiceover um monologue where the a person says it's something like I, I wish i could remember this exact quote but it's something like there once was a boy who pulled a sword from a stone and became king but this story is not about that king. It's about another king. But then it's an Arthurian legend. So it's almost like it's like an alternate reality <laughs> or something. Mm-hmm. Man, don't you fucking <laughs> mind yarn. I can't help it. You ain't got no goddamn taste or fucking appreciation for your white ass heritage. Are you British at all? Uh, <laughs> I mean, one, one, one quarter of my family, um, yes, very much so. Um, yeah, they're, uh, uh, they are Dickens, um, and, um, and, and it actually, uh, you trace it back and like, yes, I am actually, uh, fucking descendant of Charles Dickens. Um, so I'm like, the no- so one fourth of my family is the whitest fucking shit in the world. Yes, right. You're a fucking turncoat, and when fucking Arthur rides from Avalon and you know brings Camelot back into the world, you're going to be left in the goddamn muck. What a fucking what? <laughs> motherfucker! Ever another quarter of my family is Sicilian, so it's like I mean. Um, uh, another quarter is German Jew and another is Irish Scottish. Um, so it's like, I, um, I'm just a mutt, you know, Irish Scottish. You're still in the fucking, I am the most American person, you know, Frank, shut up. 
That's not true. Well, in terms of being a melting pot, possibly. Because I also have like a Navajo, like one sixteen twelve. I don't know what it would be at this point. Oh, is is, is that one, right? One one, one 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 thirty. <laughs> I'll I'll do a DNA test. You should <laughs> do a DNA test and then release it on a pod or a fucking whatever. I'll release like, on the podcast. Hey, it. we're 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 getting um we're getting listeners, man. Like uh, you know. Uh, I, I, can release, I can release the results on the podcast. <laughs> um, uh, good listeners, and thank you everybody for all the all the new downloads. Um, new listeners downloading old episodes, um, which is old really nice to downloading see. Downloading new episodes, yeah, absolutely. Episodes um, downloading old listeners. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, um, everything's good. And I guess I'll give, like, since we did it on the Dark Knight podcast, I'll, um, give another little plug. Um, uh, it will not be appearing on this channel, but we will, um, be doing a, uh, new podcast, um, uh, with, uh, you know, our friends, Mike Bledsoe and Orion Mm -hmm. Melmaker, um, uh, the best 30 minutes, uh, which will be debuting in two weeks. Right, 16th, I think. Um, And um, where the four of us will be discussing um, kind of like random topics, um, uh, mostly from our past, but like kind of just like uh, what telling our different experiences of living through like, you know, different eras or time periods or, you know, like specific things. So the first episode is going to be about like, you know, the, you know, Star Wars in the 1990s um and kind of like the relevancy like and how it remained relevant uh through the 1990s through different things like you know the expanded universe books and video games and toys and those kind of things and just kind of talking about all those like subtopics and our recollections of them and um personal experiences um so i'm i'm pretty interested in um in having that conversation you know so me too i think it's going to be an enjoyable podcast yeah, I do too. Um, so when that comes about, like I'll make sure to probably cross advertise it like on Facebook and you know, like Podbean and stuff like that. But um so you have like a link to, to that specific podcast. But um yeah, so I'm excited about like uh taking that on as well. So. It'd be a good time. Yeah. All right. Are we done with um this fucking movie then, right? We're almost done with everything, buddy. It the, uh, the finish line is super insight. <sighs> You know, it's still like now three and a half months away because like Pig just added to it and um, like it was like not on the original list. So like that added to it. Like I think we're like in late November now, Frank. I mean, whatever. Like when you run a marathon, the 20th mile is a lot closer than the 10th. So I guess that's true. Um, I'm bitching like I have to watch these movies. But, but um, you, you, you fucking asses up on Olympus, like looking down at my. Well, come on! I had to listen to a bad movie and then I had to listen to Arthurian legend. Come on, like, uh, give me a break. You know I feel about you know I feel about that shit. Right, you love it. <laughs> right. Proudest moments in my entire college experience was I avoided. Anything related to Arthurian legend 
And I avoided having to act out Shakespeare. Those are my two proudest moments in all of like college. Um, and it was difficult, believe me, um, to avoid those two things. But I still got Beowulf. I had to read fucking Beowulf, all Beowulf too. Um, that was that was probably my third thing I wanted to avoid, but um, I, I did it. Like I had to do it. I sucked it up. I mean, I think Beowulf is far worse than any Arthurian legend. You don't think so? No. <laughs> like, what's, um, what's her name? Uh... Look, I like the idea of the Arthurian legend. Reading the shit is fucking god-awful. Yeah, but you don't read it in Old English. You read, like, the modern retellings of it. No, like, I was in... No, Frank, I had to read the shit in the Old English. Yeah, but don't do that. Like, read it no, in No, but, but I... No, no. Everything's bad in Old English. Beowulf is awful to read, but if you read Grendel, it's S's or F's. Like, see, you're not you fucking fake ass English professor. You should embrace that shit. No, I was told like you know because I used to like quote things and I would put the F's in, and like you know uh, one of my professors was like. Yeah, no, just put just put the S in. Like that that's the standard. Like, you know, like um nobody puts the Fs in inside of quotations. I was like, oh, okay, like I didn't know that. Um I don't know what to tell you. I still think they're good stories. Yeah. Gowan and the Green Knight is a good story, you know? Fucking, you like the, the story. The story is fine. The story's fine. It's the writing of the shit. I can't take it. There's nothing interesting about it. <sighs> There's nothing interesting about it. It's like, you go back and like, look, writing doesn't really get good until Milton. <laughs> like, actual, like, the writing of that shit. Right. Like, none of it. Buddy. But I'm saying you don't read it in its original text. You read uh, the Wikipedia article. Like I can no, just get the same thing read... out of it. What is her name? God damn it! See, you're fucking philistine ass. <laughs> it's funny that I jumped like a, a century pish, like Shakespeare Marlowe, and just, like films this. Shit. <laughs> Good right doesn't start till film. Um, but um. <clears throat> I was just trying to make a point. Yeah. Ah, man, I can't remember what her name is. This really bothered me. But they try to write in some sort of, like, some half fucking meter, like, in that shit, in the, in the fucking uh, Ethereum shit. It's fucking terrible, right? Come on. It's not good. It's like, not. Like, look, somebody can, like, read. somebody can make a translation, but it's like, if you can't read in the original, then... Yeah. So you're saying you should never read like a book that's written in a foreign language that's translated into English? That's a different type of translation. No, it's the same goddamn thing. Because old English is not the same language as modern English. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I'm not sure this if I necessarily agree with that. I'm not saying go read like La Morte d'Arthur or whatever. Like, fuck that. I mean, you ain't gonna get through that shit, but there's plenty of people. I I know that's why I avoid the fucking class. Yeah, I wasn't gonna be able to fucking get through that shit. 
I wish I could remember what this woman's name is. Bothering me. Actually, you know what? Besides Beowulf, you know, no, you know what's worse, Frank? Canterbury Tales. Canterbury Tales real hard to read. Yeah, and I had to read that shit. Yeah, I had to read the entire fucking thing. Fucking awful. It's awful. Terrible. That was that. That was like my proudest proudest moment, like in college, though. <clears throat> I've told you the story. Have I told you the story? Where like I was the only fucking student in the class that read it. The whole, the whole of the Canterbury Tales? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> we dipped over the like four four or five classes or something like that, the entirety of the Canterbury Tales. But um <clears throat> excuse me, we we got in the class one day and I think it was like third or fourth class. Everybody's just fucking exhausted and didn't want to do shit about the Canterbury Tales. Um so the the instructor was like asking questions and was like, you know, um, you know, so what happened here? And like, what's the meaning of this? And um, you, you've probably seen this or had this happen to you probably like at some point in life, like where it's like, you know, the answer and it's like, you kind of like raise your hand and like you answer and like, there's only so many times you can raise your hand um, before eventually it gets real fucking awkward um, when nobody right, you're else. Like a Hermione. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> And like so, like the time would just like I, I the time I would wait would increase, but because I'm kind of socially awkward, a lot of times like I, like, I eventually like I couldn't deal with the silence, so I would just have to like eventually raise my hand, and it's like on like the, I think it was the fifth question, and I probably waited at least a minute at that point, like it's all I could take. Um, like I started to raise my hand, and um, Matt. Convernsky, uh, I can't remember his name right now. Um, uh, from UD, but um, he um, he was like, Chris, put your hand down, and I put my hand down really quick. And this guy sat there for it felt like a long time. Like I don't know if it was five minutes, I don't know if it was ten minutes. Um, he sat on the desk that was in front of the classroom and said, "Somebody else is going to answer a question here." Um, and nobody had read it like whatsoever, and he eventually just like released the class. Um, and um, he did call me aside like afterwards and talk to me a little bit, but um, like after the class was over, but it was the most like awkward thing I ever went through in the entirety of like college, like ever was just sitting there, just like waiting. And this dude had like balls of steel just sat there on the edge of the desk and just looked at everybody um um i wouldn't i wouldn't have that kind of like um fortitude <laughs> to be able to sit there and do that to people um <clears throat> um and yeah but it's like jesus i was the only one that actually read it it's like i fucking hate that shit like, come on. I hate everything about it. Yeah, but you also hate to not, like, do things you're supposed to do, so. Right, yeah. My sense of duty outweighs, like, my self-preservation sometimes. But, I mean, have you ever read any, like, T.H. White? 
Who is that? Why, 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 why am I not? Like, I know that he, name. He's one of the, like, him and um Mary Stewart is the person I was trying to think of. They're, like, the two, like, foremost, like, modern writers that have translated the Arthurian myths into, you know, like, modern, the modern parlance. Yeah. He's quite um, Once a Future King. Ah, uh, yeah, that's why I know the name. Yeah, okay. Mary, um, Mary Stewart is basically, like, the one that, um, and I shouldn't say this, um, whose book Excalibur is based on. <laughs> yeah, you probably shouldn't have told me that. Um, do you have any, do you, do you have any T.H. White, um, translations? I mean, T.H. Denver in English, I have, like, the entire Once a Future King, I'm sure. Here's the thing. Next time I see you, you bring that over to me, and I will read it. Right? Okay. I don't believe you, but I'll, I'll fucking, I'll fucking, I'll fucking, fucking condescend me. I'll right. <laughs> I'll read it. Like, um, and we'll talk about it on, um, we'll talk about it before the end of the quick cage, like for five minutes, and I'll give you a review on what I think of it. I mean, it's it's four books, basically. But yeah, you know, I got you. I got to dig it out of my parents' basement because where all my books are. This was a drunken agreement. I didn't. I, I shouldn't have made. <laughs> You're gonna do I'll it do. Now. I'll do it now. I'll do it. I've read Canterbury Tales. I'll fucking read this shit. I mean, it's just it's just written in English, buddy. It's like it was published in like the 30s or something. 30s and 40s. It'd be no different than reading like Graham Greene or something. This <clears throat> child Roland comes from Arthurian legend, right? Yeah. That's the best thing that ever came from any of that shit. That's my child Roland. Take us out on how much you can do of child Roland. Because people yeah, don't know, like, people yeah. don't know, people don't know this about you. I can, you know, how far I, I can get like the first um, stanza. Go ahead. My first thought was he lied in every word. That hoary cripple with malicious eye, askance to watch the working of his lie, all mine, with mouth scarce able to afford suppression of the glee that pursed and scored its edge at another victim gained thereby. That's good. Um... You, you, when you're drunk, you usually like miss a couple words there, but you got them this time. Like, yeah, I was yeah. focused. I'm only having right. beer. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just want you to do that because, like, um. Yeah, people don't know that kind of shit about you that you can yeah. like recite like the fucking wastelands and. Yeah, I, I think I can do all of book one of the wasteland. Jeez. I'm pretty sure I can still yeah. do that. Yeah. Someday, someday I'll make you do that. But um. <clears throat> but yeah. Frank is, um, Frank is like, I, I, I look, I, I don't talk about this much. Like I, I teach English. Like Frank is like out of everybody I know, mostly because he's so problematic, but Frank doesn't read about Elliot's personal life. <laughs> um, so, um, most people are, that I know that teach English and are into literature do not read Elliot that much um, and are just vaguely familiar with the most famous things. Frank is like the foremost expert on Elliot that I know. Um, mm. 
particularly the wastelands. Um, how many times have you read the wastelands? Mm, I read it probably like three or four times a year at least. So I don't know. Right. Okay. 120, 130, maybe? No, no, that's ridiculous. No, that no, might not be ridiculous. I don't that, think that that's ridiculous. Accurate. Yeah. I don't think that's ridiculous. I think that's probably accurate. Yeah. I have like um, four or five different pocket copies because whenever I can't find one, I just buy a new one because they're only like $5. So, right. 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 Plus, I have that annotated thing that you got me for Christmas a few years ago, and I've read that a few times. Mm-hmm. And I have, it actually caused me to read The Golden Bow, um, which is like where a lot of his like world creation mythos is pulled from. So, right. Um, yeah, I know a fair bit about, um, about some T.S. Eliot. Right. Frazier's much better than um, Campbell. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more right. interesting. It's definitely more in-depth and it's less like pseudoscience and philosophical. Yes, right. I mean, like, not to take anything away from Campbell because, like, fucking Hero with a Thousand Faces is super important or whatever, but... Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Frazier's, um... Campbell. There's an article in the Atlantic today about Campbell having a woman problem. He's canceled. Frazier's where it's at. Is, is Campbell canceled? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I just saw a headline. I didn't read the article yet. Like, it was just an article I saw where it's like, Campbell has a woman problem. Um, and I was like, okay, like, I'll read that at some point when I have... Where was it at? In the Atlantic? Of, yeah. Oh, right. When, yeah. I have some, when I have some kind of hope in life, like, I'll, um, like, you know, again, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and read it. I, see. I, mean, I guess I can kind of see that because he's oh all about yeah, the it's, it's absolutely true. Come on, right? You need, you know, but it's absolutely true. I just didn't have the energy. <laughs> fucking this, this is our new, this is our new goddamn podcast. <laughs> Motherfucking like random nerd talk about <laughs> about like, litter. the minutia, the minutia of literature, <laughs> literature <and> mythology, <laughs> right? <laughs> like oh, I was reading about some Gilgamesh. Fucking yeah, Macedonian right. mythology. We'll just start reciting poetry after a while, marking out over poetry lines. Right. Oh my god, it'd be like we we do the Tennyson episode. It would last six. Oh hours. my god. Yeah. <laughs> it would have to, it would have to be multiple parts. A little prophets, an idle king. By the still hearth among these barren crags, matched with an aged wife, I meet undone on equal laws. Until a savage race towards the sleeps and feeds and knows not me. Yeah, uh, you know that's that's that's, uh, that's my line. Uh, that's how I, that's how I view myself as like a manager. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Just just out here living life to the lees, motherfucker. <laughs> you, you drink life to the lees. Right, I'm sorry. All times drink I have it. known. Ah, shit. I forgot it all now. Um, yeah, you're really I, good with that Tennyson. Yeah. Um, that Telemachus verse is... Ugh. Yeah. Pays meat adoration to my household gods. Jesus Christ. What a fucking prick Ulysses was in that poem. He really was. Poor, poor Telemachus. Alright, I don't want to, like, prolong this for the listeners any longer, um, but uh, thank you if you're listening, Easter. Um, maybe Wilson, let us know, Wilson, <laughs> if you're still listening. Um, right, Wilson, drop us a comment if you listen to the end of the podcast. Yes, yes. Didn't get disgusted um, with the Morta Arthur part. Alright, uh, but um, I don't know, I just, I, like, I have a, um, I don't know about you, Frank, I always have, like, a like this bias in my mind that anybody from the UK is more cultured than anybody from the United States. So it's like, they probably actually get everything that we talked about for some reason. I'm, try- I'm trying I'm trying to win them over with this Arthurian love, you know? Like, 
fucking, you know, open the fucking gates of Avalon and let Arthur sail back over on his golden. Right, and even I'm not into to to Arthur. I'm I'm, I'm certainly into uh, you know a former former poet laureate in Tennyson. You know, I mean, so uh, um, yeah. Wilson's also Scottish, isn't he? He he is. He, isn't he from Edinburgh? Right. He is. Yes. Yes. He needs to go to the um. Tower of London yes. and see if the Ravens are still there because that's like the sign of Arthur coming back. When the when the Ravens leave the right. Tower of London is when Arthur returns. Um, I mean, I mean, if I had to be honest, like you know, um, Macbeth is my is my favorite like uh, Shakespeare play because um, you know, yeah, Mac- fuck, Macbeth's real good. Yeah, fuck those British. Um, <laughs> but, all right, have a good night, everybody. Good night.